Good afternoon, it's Arlo Johnson from Vernon, British Columbia at uh, 12.50 p.m. on January the 25th, 2024. Coming to you today and uh, hope, hope I'm finding you well and uh, no bad sickness or something. If there is, Hopefully you'll get over it soon. Our help is on the way, <laughs> like they say. The uh, <clears throat> winter is coming along here quite good in, uh, in Vernon, British Columbia, in Okanagan Valley here. It's like uh, 40 degrees Fahrenheit today. That's 8 degrees above freezing. Snow is disappearing. And uh, <clears throat> we had, uh, you know, some real cold days, at least one and a half days <laughs> of minus 20, 25 degrees below zero for two days. And then we had snow, most likely two feet of snow by now over that period. It's down, it's hard, you know, most places it's shrunk right down. So... That's a, could be a very welcome winter, you know, if that's the case, you know, because it's only another four or five days at the end of the month, then we're into February, and who knows? We, uh, we've had people out golfing in February here before. Could happen again. That means we've had a really rough winter, a whole one and a half days of it. <laughs> and uh, that's that suits me just fine. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know where you where you've been this winter, but hopefully, hopefully you didn't have to shovel too much snow and didn't get too cold. And you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I don't wish that on anyone. <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, I thought I would talk a little bit today about uh, <laughs> when God said uh, you are wonderfully and miraculously or whatever made. He wasn't kidding. Uh, <clears throat> for instance, uh, there's a guy that sits next to me here at our table and he's on my left side a very nice guy he's about 92 93 always dressed very well but he's an old cowboy from cowboy to, and he doesn't give that up he, he has you know button down button shirts and uh, western suits and stuff and always something every day and he prides himself in that <clears throat> but he's uh he has a scooter in the shed here, but he doesn't really like driving it anymore because of his macular degeneration that's taking place. He's getting shots right in the eye for it now. But anyway, he can't, <laughs> can't see the edge of the sidewalk. He doesn't know where it ends. So he's scared to drive his scooter. So what really made me think of this is uh, I was reading something the other day about uh, 
basically this scenario. Somebody comes along to you and says, <clears throat> uh, I want to buy your eyes. I'll give you $10 million for them, but I want both of them. Do you agree or not? I'll give you $10 million. And you would most likely say, no, I couldn't do that. So he could, he could offer $50 million. You'd look at him and say, can't do that either. In other words, your eyes and my eyes are priceless. What about the rest of the things? The eyes most likely are the most valuable thing this body has. When you think about it, like the, uh, I forget how many uh, nerve endings and stuff. You know, the eye uh, uh, registers, you know, the images register on the back of the eye and the receptors on the back of the eye send signals to the brain and the brain interprets these signals as an image and that's what you see. That's what your brain sees. Now, they claim that uh, the eyes can't be transplanted. The cornea can be transplanted, but not the eye. They say that there's a sort of a nerve center goes from the eye back and connects to the, the nerve deal, it goes to the brain. But the main one of it is only about two inches long from the eye to where it connects to this channel to the brain or whatever but and it's only about a fifth of an inch wide but in that channel there's about a million nerve deals going through there different ones <laughs> so there is no way that they could reconnect that now how can that be you know it's just ridiculous, isn't it? When I when you think about it, for people to say, we just you know uh, progressed from a frog or a monkey or whatever. That is so ridiculous. You know, where we replicate. And it's, it's unbelievable but how, how it happens. But a man's seed, a little tiny, little wiggly seed that gets into a woman's uh, egg and buries itself in there, carries all this information. And how does that? I have no idea. And it has the information to create another human being. And with a lot of times with the traits of the father this came from. The skin color, you know, hair, 
everything, that's pretty uh, distinctive. You know, the, uh, you're either, if, you, if you're a white male, you most likely have a white child. If you're a black male, you most likely have a black child. And it never fails. Now, you talk about priceless. That is priceless. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I think about things like that that actually justify the fact that God tells the truth and Jesus Christ tells the truth. And you can't, you can't, uh, Say that about anybody else. And it's not just on Tuesdays that they tell the truth. They always tell the truth. And it's built into them that they are the ones who are the truth tellers. And uh, it's you and I who can go off base and start believing a bunch of hooey or maybe make it up even but <clears throat> you know it really hit home to me when I realized that something like your eyes eh? mine have been with me now for another month or two be 90 years still working not bad I had cataracts, uh, or, uh, yeah, cataracts? I guess I had them taken off or something. And they did. They peeled them off and put a different, another lens on there. And uh, <clears throat> I ended up with 2020 vision. Not bad, eh? They, uh, they got clouded over with this film of some kind. And all they did is peel that off. Now, how he did that, I don't know. But he did it one eye at a time. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't painful really or anything. I just had to keep him covered for a little while and use drops and stuff in there. But, uh, yeah, I thought about it and I thought, hey, a little risky doing this, but I guess not really. It's not such risky. They, when they do something like that, they do it every day. It's not that something can't go wrong. I and mean, then I guess they do once in a while and kind of miss the mark a little. But they usually can fix it. But, you know, to do something like that, you know, the eye doctor, I, well, I go to an eye doctor, eye surgeon actually, and he's... Uh, <laughs> Pull this eye up. No, this eye. No, this eye. <laughs> Gee. A couple of times my bottom eyelid drops down and you, you're looking in a red open kind of eye. I mean, it look awful. And he pulls it up. Well, I've done it twice. And I'm, my eye starting to look pretty red again. Might have to do it again. That's a, you know, fixer-upper deal. Like, uh, this, uh, uh, oh, this one, this one is still okay. 
But the other one, the muscle got muscles weak and it drops down. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, I guess I've had a few adjustments. I had them go in and cut out and scrape out my prostate gland. And uh, that's got to be 10 years ago now. And it's uh, still working okay. But uh, that was uh, quite a deal. <clears throat> and then, unbeknownst to me, I, well, basically, I can't smell. I never have been able to smell. So if I'd, when I was living alone, I'd have stuff in the fridge that, you know, even a dog wouldn't eat. But I didn't know it. But I, I let something go too long, and I ate it, I guess. So I think it was some meat or meat of some kind. And I got, you know, food poisoning is really what it was. And I, I just couldn't quit that. I had to go to the hospital to get them to stop it. And they did. And while I was in there, for some reason, they were sending me to have a test here and an X-ray there and a CT scan here and a full body uh, deal there, and bone scan, and uh, what's all that? Why am I doing this? I just got in here because I had freaking diarrhea. <laughs> and they said, we've got to send you to Kelowna. You're going to have to have a, 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 a stents put in your heart. You've got uh, three aneurysms. Oh no, two. He said, you got two aneurysms. One is not too bad, but the other one is ready to blow. He said, it's that bad. You got to get in there right now. So in I went. <clears throat> they made two little slits down in my crotch, one on each side, about, I don't know, three quarters of an inch long, maybe. And they went up one side with, a, I guess, a camera, light and whatever. And up the other side with knives and whatever they do. And uh, they blocked off or cut out this big uh, artery that was ready to blow. And uh, they ended up finding another one. So <clears throat> they put in three. I didn't know anything about it. I was in there. Uh, I don't know if I stayed overnight. I don't think so. I think I was in there early in the morning and I went home in the evening and I had the operation like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning or something. And I ended up with two band-aids down there. That's it. And they just said, be very careful. Don't stretch too much or something or start bleeding. So, oh, careful. And I thought, how can you do this kind of stuff? How did you go in there, pull these stents in there, and when they pull them apart, they get smaller and smaller, and then when they push them together, they get bigger and bigger, and then they got to lock them in there, and then the, the flesh or the whatever grows into them and grows right into it, and they're there. So repair has been made.
And uh, I think that's quite an advance or something. I mean, really, you know, how, uh, how tricky can it be? One goes in there and they do it on a screen. I, I didn't see it because they, uh, what did I have? Did I have an anesthetic? I forget. Uh, yes, it was an anesthetic. <clears throat> when I had the prostate, they gave me a, a local or whatever it's called in my back here somewhere. And everything below that was frozen or whatever. And did that ever take a long time to get out of there? I honestly felt like both my legs were like two, two foot thick trees. They were so bulky and so heavy, I couldn't move them. And I thought, oh my God. But anyway, by evening, it kind of drifted off. Yeah, so I guess when I think back on it, I've had a couple of things happen, but nothing, you know, nothing uh, in particular. And uh, I never gave a thought to it. Like, I never went in and said, oh, i got to have an operation on heart. I do nothing about it. Nothing. So, I've been lucky, I guess. Very lucky. Like, things happened uh, to make me go to the hospital at that time. Not, I, went, I didn't go to Kelowna to the heart uh, specialist area there because I had diarrhea. No, the diarrhea put me in the hospital so they found out I'd have a heart, heart, heart failure. The doctor did a, a report for me that I had to send away here a month ago. And I looked at it before I sent it away, before I mailed it. And he had in there, uh, suffers from COPD. I thought, well, what are you talking about? And also has had heart failure, <laughs> has uh, back problems, and you know, makes it hard for him to walk sometimes. Well, that part's true. I didn't know I had COPD, and I didn't know that my heart, my heart had failed, but I guess he, he <laughs> classed that uh, aneurysm deal as a failure. They had to go in and repair the heart. Now, you know, uh, when my dad was growing up 50, 70 years ago, 80 years, 90 years ago, well, nine, over that, 100 years ago, who wouldn't have that? Couldn't have done that. That's quite a thing, how that, things change. Mind you, I'm very glad of that, but you know, I'm glad that they did it, and it was no great discomfort to me to fix something like that. But <clears throat> I, uh, I don't think I'm the kind of person that, you know, if something happens to me, I get sick or whatever, 
that I'm going to say, oh, you're going to give me more pills, you're going to do this, that. You know, I can't die now. I'm like, nah, I wouldn't do that. I don't believe that, that you should be kicking and screaming to try to live another day or two. If, you know, we're going to die. I'm going to die anyway. I know that. You should know that. Everybody dies. We're here, temp we're here on a temporary deal. Just like the planet we live on. It's not forever. It's for a long time, but it's not forever. We're not forever either. And uh, when you consider who, who we belong to and who put us together and who created us, it's not that he's creating people every day and hair and eyes and nose and whatever. No, he created a system to do this. Bang, 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 bang. Just a replicating system. It's beyond anything that human mind could ever think of. Never could think of. Or you know, create that. I was also listening and uh, to somebody on, on uh, well, what is it? I think it was on on YouTube channel of some kind, uh, religious channel uh, speaker, and he was going on about uh, the. Uh, the elect that it's some place I can't remember the name, the verse or whatever it was, but it's in the Bible where God and and uh, and I suppose the word Jesus were discussing the fact that the elite would be the ones that would be saved, and they knew in advance exactly who they are or who they would be. Now, if that's the case, what percentage of human beings are elite, are the elect? And how would you know? And the fact that God knows knew in advance and planned for this, planned that Jesus Christ would have to die for this elite uh, uh, elect to make it through this world in one piece and be acceptable to him in the next world. That's quite a plan. That's greater than any plan that human nature or men or women could ever devise, ever. Like I, I uh, there's things that people say, oh, that can't be. I tell you, it can be. The things that God has in mind for us, we haven't even thought about it. We can't even imagine it. That alone should wake people up, should work, wake a person up and say, oh boy. 
you know, there's a lot to look forward to here. And there really is a lot to look forward to for human beings that believe what God says. Not what the professor says or a politician says or a preacher says. I shouldn't say everything a preacher says is wrong. Some preachers are most likely pretty good that they don't tangle off on their own tangent and forget what God has said about things. There's got to be a lot of that. When you have thousands of different kinds of churches and there's only one correct way to believe it, you know, that's, that's problems. Yeah. But anyway, that shows how valuable you are when you consider just your eyes alone. How valuable. Priceless. God looks at you being priceless. That's hard for a person to swallow, isn't it? And uh, thank goodness it's that way, though. So, being your priceless, <laughs> I'm glad I met you. I will haven't met you yet, but maybe I will someday. In the meantime, I'm going to ask God to bless this priceless person you are, and we'll see you later.